0: What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. We got an episode today where we're going to the mailbag where we have some questions about uh, Kobe White being compared to uh, to Tyler Hero. We also have questions about Bulls potential trade deals. also got some updates on some things going on. And I also want to talk about um, AK's chance to win executive of the year. We'll be getting to all that and more here on Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls related. I'll see you guys right after this. all right so no games how you got hey how you guys dealing with not having any chicago bulls game i would like to hear from you guys down below on what you're doing to keep yourself busy during this long stretch of no uh bulls games again it's all coming back around though we'll get right back into our normal schedule honestly for me i would think that you know i have this show so it's kind of easy for me as a content creator to like still fill it with bulls content and research and stuff like that but it's kind of good it's good for the players it's good for me um, to not have to do those live streams afterwards, and not have—let me not say have to, but not doing as many live streams because I get a chance to rest my voice. But uh, overall, like it's—it I do miss it. It just feels like feels like such a a big part is missing when I don't have Bulls games because it's su- such a big part of like my day to day at this point. Um, uh, but it's just interest as an interesting thing. Let me know what you guys are doing. Uh, how bored are you without Bulls games? Have you been watching other NBA games? Things like that. But let's go ahead and start the show. Let's get into it. First thing that I want to start off with, just because this is something kind of quick. So uh McClung has been assigned to the Windy City Bulls. If you guys remember, uh, I had said before that I did not think McClung was going to get a lot of minutes on this team, even with everybody down. Then we had that break and everybody came back. Um but I didn't expect him to. I, I did think that they, that if they saw some stuff from him in practice, that they may bring him into their G league affiliate. And that seems to be what happened. So what that, what that tells me, and I could be completely overlooking in it, no sources or anything like that, is that they probably see something in McClung that they say, Hey, let's, let's see what we can develop this guy, uh, what we can get out of him over in the G league for the next couple, for the rest of the season, hopefully, unless somebody, uh, another team decides to call him up. And then, depending on what moves or anything else that this team does do in the offseason, you know, maybe they'll have a, a player in McClung. I know that McClung does have a pretty uh, big fan base. I know some people wanted to see him and people ask questions about him, but he's been assigned to the Windy City uh, Bulls. So guys want to see him look at him down there. I'm sure he's going to probably light it up in the G League. But let's go ahead. Let's move on from that. Uh, so this comes from a subscriber, Kick Punches. And he's left this comment in the live stream for the last couple of live streams. And I, and I said I was going to actually tackle it on a video. I forgot. But now that we have this break, it's a perfect time to do it. So Kick Punches had mentioned that Tyler Hero and Kobe White's first couple of seasons compare very well. And this was something that was thrown to me on a live stream, uh, as I said. And I, I I wanted to sit back and I wanted to do some, some more research on this and really compare these players from a stat perspective and see what we had. So they're both three-year uh, NBA players at this point. In their rookie seasons, both uh, Tyler Hero started, I'm sorry, he played 55 games, um, started eight of those games. Kobe White uh, played in 65 games and started in one game in his rookie season. And the rookie seasons are very comparative, even if you look at it from a points-per-game standpoint. Uh, Tyler Hero at 13.5 points per game. Kobe White at 13.2 points per game. Field goal percentage is very comparable as well, with Kobe at 39 uh, percentage field goal wise. Uh, Tyler Hero up higher than that at 42.8%. And then the three-point percentage, Tyler Hero had 38%, whereas Kobe White had 35%. Uh, Even their PERs uh, were very similar. Now, the one thing that you'll notice with this is that Tyler Hero's usage rate has always been higher than Kobe White's. His PER has always been higher as well. Um, Kobe had a a PER of 11.92 his rookie year, whereas Tyler Hero had a 12.53 player efficiency rating. But again, the usage numbers weren't even close. Tyler Hero's usage number was 21.7, whereas Kobe White's uh, usage in his rookie year was 24.5, right? So- Kobe White actually having the higher uh, usage percentage and lower PER in both their first two years, right? Um, PER for Tyler Hero in his second year was 13.42, whereas Kobe's was 12.09. Kobe's usage rate was 22.9, and uh, Tyler Hero's usage rate was 22.9. Exactly the same there. Um, and then it gets, where it gets interesting is this season. Um, and and this, this is where we're really starting to see the difference. Like I said, that PER number is huge. Uh, uh, Tyler Hero's PER was fifteen point eight. I mean, part eighteen. Uh, whereas Kobe's PER so far was eleven point. Is has been eleven point seven two. With Kobe's usage rate being nineteen point four, and Tyler Hero's usage rate being 29, 29.1. That's a huge difference in usage rating. Um. Uh, and so we know Kobe's role has completely changed in this team in his third year. Uh. As well as coming back from an injury and, and eventually starting off slow. Those slow starts really are affecting that PER. Um. But you know, comparing these players was was more eye opening than I thought. And again, this is not to say that Kobe White is going to develop into the, the type of player that that Tyler Hero is. Raw stats mean one thing; player uh, role and everything dictate a lot as well. Um, so far this season, uh, Kobe he's brought that that uh, point per game percentage up to ten point eight, and we all know Tyler Hero's killing it at twenty point four uh, points per game this season. But the field goal percentages aren't that different. So far this season, Kobe White is shooting at a 42.3 field goal percentage, whereas Tyler Heroes is at 43% even, um, and then three-point percentage for Tyler Heroes 38.8, whereas Kobe White's the, uh, field goal percentage, I mean, three-point percentage is 35.7, which is very similar to his three-point percentage last season, which was 35.9. So what we're seeing there, and I, and I understand why this subscriber made that comparison, because yeah, looking at the raw stats, again, they're not one for one uh tyler hero having especially more usage way more usage this season so far we'll still have that goes over the course of the season but the thing that i want that i want that that i want to say in this is that player roles make a make a big difference and in the kobe white thing and the reason why i wanted to do this is that a lot of people have now locked in on kobe white being the the key and like i said in the last video no matter how good he does people will say oh if he does better he's up in his trade value no matter how if he does bad they'll say that oh well he's bad we need to get him and then you have people who just don't think we should trade kobe white no matter what um, at the end of the day, I think that we're seeing Kobe White develop into a more complete player this season. Uh, that is on both defense and offense. He's really finding his and settling into his role, and we see how important it is. That's really over the last stretch of the last couple of games. Kobe White has really been what's kept us in those games by many by many different things that he's do, that he does on the court, especially when you're looking at us missing Alice Caruso and things like that. And then that narrative that him and Io can't play together. We have to decide between the two of them i don't agree with either and i already t- tackled the whole contract uh, thing with kobe white next year but just looking at these two players and looking at that comparison it was like okay and i know i didn't bring in all the stats and defensive wise and things like that and yeah, there's a lot more stats because Tyler Hero's average way more rebounds a game than than kobe white has in every season just about um and but, but with that being said it's different role types um But we all know, I think people know, even the people that do want to see Kobe traded understand the killer that Kobe White can be. And I think that we we, we know that we understand that Um, Kobe White is he's such a a enigma in many ways, because if he can stay on and stay consistent, he really changes the dynamic of the Bulls bench completely, especially with injuries out. Now, if we get bad chucking Kobe where he's not being effective at, at for a long part of his career, if he wasn't shooting very well, he wasn't offering anything else. That narrative is starting to change with Kobe White. So we'll see how he continues to develop. I promised Kick Punches that I was going to, to, to break this down and talk about this because he pointed it out in something that I had never heard at that point before. But let me know what you guys think. Go and look at the evan stats. Go and look at the, the regular stats. Tell me what you guys think. Let me know what you think. Again, not comparing the players or, or whatever else, but I think more so what Kick Punch was getting at with this is to basically say, let's wait and see how Kobe develops because, you see, the player that Tyler Hero developed into, and I think we all know that Kobe White can develop into a hell of a score, hell of a player overall now as he continues to show that improved defense that he's been flashing around. So let me know what you guys think about that down below. Next, we're going to go into the mailbag. We got one voicemail from Shay. We're going to get into that right now. Hey, yo, what's up, Hayes? This Shay.
1: You know, I've been hearing a lot of people say we should get Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. I'm going to put all that to bed right now with this phone call. Yo, if Jeremy Grant was any good, he would have helped the Denver Nuggets two seasons ago get past the Los Angeles Lakers, who, let's be honest, Denver did have more talent than them. I understand the experience of having LeBron and Rondo, but at the end of the day, that Nuggets team was a high-powered offense and a much better defensive team. Another thing, from what I hear from Rockets, Rockets fans and Rockets personnel, Christian Wood has a habit of being late and after this little incident what Christian Wood just had, do you really want that on your team? Especially a team like ours that has such camaraderie and a guy that usually doesn't know how to handle a high-pressure situation, even when he's losing. What if we have a or losing season, and then he does some of the same stuff he does in Houston. So, no, that's the main reason why you should not get those two guys. Another thing, I feel like we don't necessarily need a rebounding power forward. We just need one of those power forwards who can play defense, hit an open three if needed, and that can rebound at a decent rate. Maybe give you about six or seven because, let's face it, Usevich does average high volume rebounds, and then Lonzo Ball is a pretty good rebounder for his position. And Demar Derozan is no slouch either. So the way I see it, we don't need a
0: big man that can give you double digit rebounds. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, talk to you later. Peace. Okay, so Shay's tackling something that's been taking over Bulls community for a very long time, and that is trade talk. He mentioned specifically Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood. I'm going to throw Miles Turner in there. You guys know I already talked about the comparison between Miles Turner and Vooch. There's not much difference defensively there as far as events analytics will tell you. Um, but this is the thing that I want to say with this, and I'm not going to spend a long time on this. Shea talked about this very well. This is the fact that, period, just at the end of the day, for the Bulls to make a trade for a player whose contract's that high they would have to give up a lot, and for Bulls fans to think we can just give up scraps and get these players back, I, I need everybody to realize this. And this is a conversation I know people aren't going to agree with. This front office is not trading Patrick Williams. I don't give a damn. With any rumors have come out saying that that Bulls have made calls about Jeremy, I don't give a fuck about none of that. This front office and the way that they have talked about Patrick Williams, they are not trading Patrick Williams. If they do trade Patrick Williams this season, right, I will eat crow the same way that Petty Roosevelt fl- flamed. Uh, Tim Bontemps, Freddie Roosevelt will get Hayes' ass too. If that if that happens, I have no problem admitting I was wrong with that. Their front office is not trading Patrick Williams. Period. You can talk about Kobe White. You can talk about all this. First of all, let's just talk about, let's uh, attack the point from Jeremy Grant. Again, What the it, Bulls fans are too focused on what big names and not looking at team construction. I understand that we live in an NBA where you just throw stars at everything and people think that that's the answer. This team does not need anybody else that you have to call offense for. Now that doesn't mean that they may not go out and get him in the free agency market or whatever else, depending on how they change the outlook of this team. But that is not what this team needs. Again, we look, like, Lonzo doesn't even get the shots, uh, the amount of shots that that he needs. Do you really think that this team is going to ca- come in and call for another player that you have to call offense for another ten to twelve shots? No, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Now you it, you want to get a player that 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 can hit the open shots that this offense naturally already gets. Players like like. Um, Javante Green and stuff like that, who can defend and things like that. uh, Jeremy Grant, you you don't have the assets to trade for. Bulls fans, I know that that we like to overvalue our assets. Every fan base does that. We don't have the assets to trade for Jeremy Grant. Realistically, yes, if you say, oh, we can do Patrick Williams, we can do... They're not trading Patrick Williams. The Christian Wood conversation. Again, I like Christian Wood as a player. If he was a free agent, absolutely. But guess what? That contract, and this is another thing that I need Bulls fans to realize and pay attention to, is that bringing in another player that has any type of long-term contract obligations that are a big contract like that, the Bulls are not going to do. We have to already re-sign Zach Levine, right? Then on the outlook, Io only signed a two-year deal, meaning at the end of next season, for those who are saying that they want Io to be on this team for a long time, keep in mind we got to sign Io to an extension very early on, Patrick Williams. and let's say the Bulls don't sign Patrick Williams to an extension. Let's say that he doesn't play well, whatever else. Again, it's that's not coming anytime soon. I get that people are too focused now on the fact that they think our championship window is only three years. And people need to realize is that dumb teams only do that. Like, if you're looking at a team that wants to go all in right now and just veteran minimums, this, this, and this, look at the Lakers for for your attention on that. You don't want to do that if you can't avoid it. The fact that the Lakers traded away so many young players that right now could contribute in a lot of ways should be evident to people who want this team to contend for a long time. You guys are too focused on this three-year window. We are re-signing Zach Levine to probably a five-year deal. That's your window. It's not just this three years. And by that, if if you want to extend and be contending long into uh Levine's extension here, you do have to develop players, meaning you do have to hope that Io develops. You do ideally, like again, I'm not saying Kobe's untradeable, but I'm saying you have to get a hell of a piece if you're gonna do that. And at this point, Kobe's still working up his trade value. But you if you can get a player like Kobe White to develop into a hell of a bench player, you keep that. If you can get Patrick Williams, who can be amazing defensively and we'll see what we can carve out and how we can build his offense again it doesn't have to be right now again our window can be a lot longer than this three years that everybody wants to throw around but it by the short-sightedness that so many bulls fans have you're going to shorten that window let's keep in mind it's about development it's about future and with lonzo who's still very young Patrick Williams, who's still very young. Levine, who still has a lot of years left to give. This team's window can extend very well, especially when you have a front office that's as intelligent as as this front office has shown. And that gets me into my next topic. Karnasova is on track, I believe, to be executive of the year. And I'm going to go to a quote that Karnasova gave in a press conference earlier this season. We will not settle for mediocrity here when you look at the uh, when you look at the moves that, that he's made the way that he brought DeMar here the way that he brought Lonzo here constructing those sign and trade deals even going back last year to the move for Vooch the move that event that brought Javante Green here in which Javante Green was kind of just looked at filler and look at the way he's been able to contribute on this team drafting a second round pick in Io DeSumo who is now looking and people are looking can be a possible double digit right a double double walking at some point in this career and then on top of that, we sit atop at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. AK is absolutely gearing up and preparing, uh, and and I think it's going to be the executive of the year this year. When you count, when you when you add in all the doubt that was brought his way um with these deals, I really want to start talking. I know we talk a lot about at postseason awards for players. We talk about DeMar's chances to win um MVP. We talk about Caruso's chance to win sixth men of the year. We talk about all-star teams and all nba teams well let's focus on the job that this man has doing and, and well him him and eversley and the reason why i say this and i wanted to talk about this right after talking about a trade talk is that we need to trust this front office i know for so long that as bulls fans we have had a front office that we could not trust that, that we they even that quote of we will not settle for mediocrity if that if that quote was made by Gar Pax, we would initially call it out talk shit about it whatever else we need to acknowledge the fact that we have a front office that we can actually trust. And by trusting that, let's trust the deals they make. Let's trust the fact that if they see a player that they want to develop, let's trust that it's for a reason. This front office has done almost nothing wrong. And I know people go to the Gafford deal and things like that. This front office is really, at the end of the day, every deal that they have made has now set us right here in the year where we can honestly say we are championship contenders. We are the number one team in the East for now. Um, We have a team that Even our biggest question coming into the season was defense. And I know we've dropped in defense since then, but during the time where we had everyone healthy, we were top five defense in the NBA. That is a vision, right? That is a vision with the front office and the coach. Let's trust this front office. I truly believe that AK is going to win executive of the year. His biggest competition is probably Kobe Altman out in Cleveland with how good they've been doing. And Bob Myers out in, um, in golden state, but I really do think when you look at the the totality of, yes, the Clevins are a good story. They're playing great, but they're not playing as good as the Bulls. And, and we had just as much doubt, if anything, in the national media sense and in the basketball world. When you look at how the GMs voted and everything, people have to understand that that AK and Eversley have this front office. They, they, they He definitely deserves executive of the year. I don't almost give a damn what else happens in the in the course of the season. Let's trust our GMs, let's trust our uh, basketball president of basketball operations, and let's go forward trusting what they do and what they see in this team because guess what? For the first time in a long time, we have a front office that has a, that seems to have a plan and a plan that we can trust, not a, not a front office that says we want to get younger and more athletic and then go out and do the exact opposite. That statement that AK made of we will not settle for mediocrity here has been proven in the way that they run this team every single day since they got here. And that's what I want to end this episode on. I know some people are going to disagree with me. I know I got fired up there a little bit. uh, But as always, make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text or voicemail, we can do so at 773-270-2799. I love you guys, man. Like I like to end every video on, I love you. Go Bulls. I'm out. Peace.